Hey everybody, today's episode is an interview with Apoorva, a how to buy a home listener who sold her home in Indiana to move to one of the most expensive and competitive markets in North America. Now she's going to tell us how her and her unicorn got an offer accepted in San Francisco and the San Francisco area homes are going for over $600,000 above the list price. That's not the price of the home. We're talking $600,000 over the list price. That's the 2022 market. And she got her home on just her third attempt. Let's hear her story. All right, everyone. I'm in Southern California. She's in Northern California. She's a Midwest girl who moved out from Columbus, Indiana, which I'm assuming is a lot cheaper than where she is right now in uh, up by San Francisco. And so far, she says she loves it, but her husband doesn't like mowing the lawn. But we've discussed that that's probably better than having to shovel snow. So this is Apoorva. And she Hi, moved. Everyone. Hi. Now, what's really fun is I was looking before the podcast got going here. Do you know that we talked on May 19th for the first time and you closed exactly six months later on November 19th? So tell us about your journey. Now, you had a home in Columbus, Indiana, and Mm -hmm. you guys were just making the move to San Francisco. Is that correct? Correct. Or Or the San Francisco area? Yeah, I mean, everyone knows about the great resignation. So I decided to move jobs during this time. And then I happened to get one over here in the Bay Area. So that was kind of complicated because I didn't know like how how are we going to, you know, move everything. I already had a beautiful house there. My husband used to work in the same company like me. We had a pandemic puppy. So we had a dog, we had a big lawn over there and yeah it was definitely uh, very cheap over there to own any kind of property but yeah the move was definitely overwhelming and so I started you know finding out about uh, started researching and looking out for different uh, things that can help me move there I definitely wanted to move into a house having lived in the house and that is where I started my journey of you know researching and looking for different podcasts and different videos on YouTube and stuff. So, yeah. That is incredible. I mean, you brought up so many things. My brain is spinning. First of (laughs) all, in 20 years, they're going to look back on you and you're going to be like the story (laughs) to help tell the history of 2021. You have a (laughs) pandemic puppy. You went through the great resignation. Okay, that's something that's really interesting. I got to ask you about that. For those of you guys that don't know, having a job for two years before you get a loan approval, super important. Do you remember the details? How did that work? Did you stay in the same industry and get a new job from Indiana to California? Is that how it happened? Because you said you left a job? Yeah, I did. It was the same industry, but it was a totally different product. So I used to work on engines previously, and now I work in consumer electronics, which is like way different from engines. So that was a completely different journey of, you know, like moving from diesel engines uh, over to the consumer electronics. But yeah, like I was in the same industry, you could say. Okay, that's really interesting. And that's good for you guys out there to know. I mean, even though, like you said, it's totally an engine and consumer electronics, they are not the same good, the same item. Mm -hmm. 
But as far as your employment and what you did, it was in the same style and the same industry. And therefore, so if you teach sixth grade, then go decide to teach kindergarten, you know, you can change and still get your loan approval. Now, how about the whole, because, you know, we've had first time buyers all over the place, but tell us how it was in 21 to sell one house in Mm -hmm. Indiana and buy Mm -hmm. another house 2000 miles away. Oh my gosh. Tell us about that. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So uh, I think back in Indiana, when we started looking for houses, when we wanted to buy a house over there, we could just go and, you know, okay, I like this house. Let's wait for two weeks, look for something else. And then, you know, go back with the same house and then put an offer on it. But now in 2020, it was completely different, you know, like, uh, even in my area, even in Midwest, the house prices were like so way above what it was like a few years ago. Getting all these jittery comments from people that, you know, the housing market has really gone up right now. It's not a good time to invest. You shouldn't sell your house. Let this house be, you know, like uh, have it as a second income. Just put it on rent and go rent over there in Bay Area. So yeah, those are the kinds of comments that I got. And those were like people whom, uh, you know, I regarded as experts in the whole market. So people who were experts were actually telling you Mm -hmm. that, and I understand because we've been going up since 2012, but people were telling you that, oh, you have this asset, Mm -hmm. sell it and then go rent somewhere because somehow the market's going to crash and the money that you pay in rent is going to be cheaper and better for you in the long run. I've explained in the podcast how that math is totally wrong. And did you figure that out on your own? Yeah. Did you listen to me yelling in the microphone about it? Yeah, I did listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> right. And just reached out saying that, hey, you know, I'm completely new to this area, the house prices. So the kind of house that I had, the entire house amount was equal to the down payment that I had to pay over here. <laughs> In California. So, wow. That's how different it was. You know, like for 300K, we had a big mansion over there. And over here, it was just like my down payment, uh, which is around like 10 to 15, 15 to 20% of my current uh, house. Wow. Um, Your entire house was only your down payment. Right. Now, see, you're giggling, but I'm hoping there's a lot of people out there that are feeling because. The great resignation has created a a great thing in real estate. A lot of people are moving away from the city and because they can get a cheap, they can get more house cheaper and work remotely. But if your job does require you to be near the city or if you just want to be near the city, you guys are a great story because Mm -hmm. to go from an entire house being worth just your down payment someplace else, Mm -hmm. that's incredible. And so you found me and, you know, I'm down here in Southern California and -hmm. I've got a whole group of people I've been working with in Northern California for about a decade because we have clients that go back and forth. And so I got you in touch with one of my favorites. So tell us about your journey while you were selling your house. Were you online at night looking at houses in, in, you know, 2000 miles away? Yeah, I was. And surprisingly, the way I was looking at it was just looking at Redfin and Zillow prices, because that's how I did when I bought my first house, like a few years, uh, four or five years back in Indiana. 
and that was how it was like uh, it was listed for x amount it went for like x plus 1000 2000 more and i thought that it would be the same right now when i learned that it does not happen that way in your podcast i was like oh my god the kind of houses that i'm looking at i'm probably not able would be able to buy them so you know i had to uh, had my reality i had my reality check and i had to like uh, you know set some different kind of expectations from uh, the houses over here It's funny, you know, I just coming up on my 3-year anniversary of the podcast and some of my mm-hmm. colleagues are like, "What else are you going to say to a first time like can't you explain it all like 3 years?" And I'm like, "3 years ago buying a house was a lot different." Yeah. And if people listen to this in 2025, mm-hmm. it's not going to be the same thing because you learned real quickly. I I looked back through the emails and I got an email with you where you said, "Uh, I'm going to quote this back to you. You said uh, in October you were outbid because there were 13 offers and you said it seems too daunting right it does <laughs> and 6 weeks later you closed on a house right <laughs> yeah. so yeah. listen to the podcast helped you learn a little bit how about working with your unicorn up there did you after that 13 did she just say less too bad that's just going to happen every time or did you guys develop a new strategy Right. So after that 13, I kind of worked with my unicorn realtor to figure out what could be done on our next couple offers. And the things that we found was that certain type of layout worked better for uh, you know many people. Like if it's a ranch style house, so that worked out with people who have some elderly folks at home who don't want to climb the stairs up and down. and you know that kind of houses had a different strategy like they had all, all these many people you know bidding for them and you know they they were more uh, kind of attractive with all the bells and whistles that you know yeah uh, some houses uh, tend to have and also i just stopped looking at the house flips that are in the market you know they they buy a house for certain amount they do all the remodeling and then they'll jack the price up like for a- almost yeah. like half a million so yeah. that was another strategy that let's not look at all these different houses which might be like very obvious but rather a house that fits to our needs and then work it out on that aspect and another aspect was that i was very conservative in the fact of uh, you know not putting like all the different contingencies that we have I was initially very conservative about that. Oh okay, what if I don't get a loan? What if I, you know, during that period when you're writing the contract, you have an option. You can say I want X amount of days, like you know in California, it's I want 17 days right. for a free look, whether that's your inspection, your appraisal, or like you're saying your loan contingency. So did you shorten those time frames up to be more attractive to the seller? right those are the kind of strategies that we employed the kind of contingencies that we put on on our first offer uh, probably didn't make it look more attractive so just worked out with my unicorn real and figure out what was right for us i also went back to my lender and then you know asked them if they could uh, call in on my behalf to talk to the buyers and just give them that affirmation that okay we we don't have this contingency but uh, we are also very confident about uh, these folks and they are good on their financial side so just having that kind of tummy comfort uh, for the buyers would uh, you know 
really help in the next coming offers. Did you say having that kind of tummy comfort? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Well, because what's really interesting is you brought up the, the word I'm not supposed to say to my buyers because it makes them feel bad. And uh, I have another word. It's behind me in my office. It's believe. If you okay. believe that you're doing the right thing and you believe in the numbers, mm-hmm. a lot of people would have thir- see 13 offers and run away and say, mm-hmm. this isn't happening. And they do like all those people told you in Indiana and just wait. Meanwhile, you blow hundreds of thousands of dollars in rent. Right. But the word that we're not supposed to tell buyers is, is compromise because you believed first that you were doing the right thing, such a smart move by kind of eliminating the massive high volume homes. I always tell people, you know, the ranch style, that's great. But if you're young, which you guys are in this market right now, it might be a, oh my gosh, don't say it, compromise. But you know that you're going to be getting a place and gain some equity. And then as far as the flip houses, I love that strategy. I talk to my people all the time because people with not really experienced agents and also buyers who haven't been out there that much, they only look at HGTV. You know, (laughs) they've got no vision. And what they don't know is the countertop's beautiful, but the plumbing's 140 years old. And, you know, so that's really great. I love that you utilize getting your lender involved right away. We're getting into the nitty gritty on how to get your offer looked at, get a good, solid lender and have your mortgage professional call on your behalf. I love it when the mortgage brokers call me because we speak shorthand. I'll say, hey, do they have a DU? Great. Where's their approval at? What's their LTV? Okay, boom, boom, boom. And then I just know, you know, and if I've got a stack of 15 offers and only three lenders have called me, guess which are the top three? Mm -hmm. So... That's really fantastic. Okay. So then you got hooked up with your unicorn. You got totally discouraged. And then you changed your mindset. And then what was, tell us all the fun story. What happened about this one? How'd you guys find this one? And did you have to battle it out? Uh, Yeah. But before that, I had this second house that we really liked. And it did have an obvious, you know, kind of uh, updated look that people are looking for, you know, like it didn't have the very obvious bells and whistles like I spoke yeah. about in the first one. Uh, but it had these beautiful uh, mountain views that uh, my husband was really attracted to. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, just finding your own right thing was a good strategy there. And we really liked the house layout, uh, how it was laid out, how it had like a second story where we could utilize if uh, we had some guests and stuff. So uh, we really like that house, but, uh, and until the last day, we were told that we are the only people who will be making an offer. So I had my, or like the day that we were making, going to make an offer, the offer due date, I always kept checking with my uh, unicorn realtor to, you know, just talk to the buyer's realtor and figure yeah. out if, if we are going to have some good competition. And she, until the last day, we just had this information that we are the only people so we were so prepared that we are going to have the second house. Uh, my husband started looking at these different aspects of remodeling it and how much oh. that would cost us to, you know, account for all those things. And we were so sure that we were going to have that house. And then comes another offer, which was like an all cash offer. <laughs> you cannot compete with that unless you're in a startup that recently went public and you have all these talks and they, they just yeah. come into 
real cash that yeah. you can utilize. So yeah, so that was the second house. Oh, and, and they led you on a little bit and let you think you were the only one. Yeah. Okay, right. so wait a minute. You know, I just fast forwarded. So are you telling me the house you're in was only your third? And I say only because. Right, so, yeah. Oh, it good for you. <laughs> this is what's great about listening to this. To the listeners out there, prepare yourself. If you're going in in 2022, okay. I said only. And I know a lot of people that both those stories, forget it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it, th- those sound awful. Like you'd give up right away. I had 13, got beat out. And then, you know, right. I had a bunch of money. Well, <laughs> what you thought was a bunch of money in Indiana. <laughs> but it's still a very, very good down payment. And then to have that second story and to still stick with it. But the third is incredible. I have people that have five, six, seven. I'm this weekend. I think I'm writing my eighth offer for somebody and I'm supposed to be the genius on how to write an offer. It's just a lot of people out there. So this was number three. How difficult was this one? I think, yeah, the third one was a charm for us primarily because the unicorn realtor that I worked with had previously worked with the buyer's realtor. So that really played out to our advantage because all the three offers that uh, were there on this house, we kind of knew where the top one was. So when we were trying to counter that offer, we could just, you know, have that uh, edge over the other buyers because of our unicorn realtor, of course. And I still say that to her every, every time I meet her that it's only because of you that we, you know, got into this house on our oh, thank you. <laughs> all i'm doing is putting a megaphone out to the good people and i love how comfortable you are saying unicorn realtor over and over again that's fantastic one of the things that i appreciate people being frugal maybe they can maybe if or, or working with an agent just just makes them feel real good and a lot mm-hmm. of times i say the reason they feel real good and they can call you 24 hours a day is because you're their only client and they're brand new <laughs> But there is something, you know, the unicorn up there, she's been up there for a long time and the sellers and the sellers picked an agent in town that Mm -hmm. knew your agent. And Mm -hmm. that's the thing I tell people all the time. If you think you're going to get a discount agent or you think you just need someone to open doors, they don't just open doors that what sellers are looking for in this market, especially now when there are more than one offer, Mm -hmm. if all the offers are close, all they're looking at is will this buyer close? And you had two things that made you better than the other offers that might've been your price. One, your lender called, fabulous. And then the other thing, the agent, your agent knew the selling agent and they went, oh, okay, cool. I know that this gal closes deals. That's fantastic. So were there any surprises? I mean, there's a million episodes. I won't feel bad if you didn't listen to all of them. But were there were there any surprises that something that you can tell people about out there about what what happened during the process that I mean, you'd already done it once before. So or was or was the surprise just the fact that the unicorn was able to make it happen? Yeah, I think that was the big surprise. And then previously in the previous two offers, we didn't really know the exact amount by which we were outbid. So having this realtor work with, uh, like realtor work with yeah. the buyer's realtor, 
they could exactly find that range in which our offer would be more attractive as well as uh, the different uh, terms and conditions like uh, that we could uh, remove because even we felt safe that she had worked with other realtor previously so there won't be many pitfalls coming through like they're not the buyers are not definitely hiding something that you know would be the sellers are not hiding something uh, that yes. might be like uh, one of the things that we are skeptical about which is why we tend to put all these contingencies in for our safety so yeah well that's the thing when people ask me what makes a unicorn the first thing i say is well no one in town hates them that's a big deal. I mean, I have other realtors that treat me so poorly. And I just go, if I ever sell a house around here, do you, do you ever want to bring a buyer back? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, but because we, the, the entire Unicorn Nation works by referral, where, you know, you and your husband have to, have to be happy. If his only complaint is he has to mow the lawn, he knew that before he signed the contract. So <laughs> I'm not feeling bad. So yeah. <laughs> and neither is the unicorn. <laughs> okay. So by the way, thank you so much for taking the time. I know that moving in is crazy. You've been in a couple months, so your house is probably worth what fifty thousand dollars more by now already. <laughs> it's yeah. probably gone up since you closed it. Yeah, the thing that uh, my realtor told me to do is delete all the apps <laughs> from my phone as soon as we put an offer the offer was accepted on this house just because you know we try to compare oh this this other house down the lane went for so and so and then we tend to you know have like a buyer's remorse yes if, if, if we do and uh, that's something that i'm trying to follow <laughs> so i'm not looking at any house prices around in my oh, so you don't know yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I've sold houses when the market's going the other way and mm. it's very hard. Um, mm. I won't go against your unicorn, but mm -hmm. I'll tell you in like three months, go ahead and just look it up. You'll be very uh -huh. happy. <laughs> I guarantee it. Well, your story is incredible. I mean, just the fact so many questions I get. How do I do it going state to state? Or I'm renting right now for 500 bucks in my mom's house. How am I ever going to afford? I got a job in, you know, San Francisco, one of the most expensive places in the world, New York or Chicago. And you fought through it. You were such a trooper. I am so proud of you for yeah. keeping your, you know, not get, what did you say? You said it was too daunting. So that's yeah. exciting that you yeah. got through that. Amazing. Well, it's my favorite thing because you guys are listening, so you can't see it. I'm in my, you know, horrible little office right here. Actually, I'm here in the daytime for the first time in a long time. But Porva's there in her beautiful new house. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. It was really, really wonderful and amazing to hear your story. And hopefully people learned a lot about the bidding process, the way things are going and getting a good team and following their lead. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Alrighty. Thank you, that was awesome. I mean, I swear to God, I did not prompt her. She was speaking from her heart when she used the word unicorn, what, 57 times? <laughs> that was all on her own. I didn't tell her to do that. Look, at this point, I don't even know her realtor's name. I just call him the unicorn. So what can we learn from Aporva's story? Well, I do get a lot of questions about people changing jobs all the time. And she said that about herself. You know, they were the typical pandemic people. They even got the pandemic puppy and they were part of the great resignation. So what's important about that to you? Well, 
banks sort of kind of want you to have a job if they're going to give you a loan for a house. So if you move across the country and you change jobs, you can still get a loan and have a job in the new place as long as it's in the same industry. And as she mentioned, there's a lot of latitude in that as far as what the same industry constitutes. So it can be done. And I've helped lots of people move across town or out of state with a different company, maybe not even the same company, but just something in the same industry, and they still got their loan approval so they could buy a home. Be sure you check with a mortgage pro because they're going to help you out and do that well before you book your moving truck and put in your 30-day notice. But don't be held back from making a change in your job if you're going to change places if you haven't even found out if it's possible. That was amazing. Look at a poor I mean, in just six months from her first contact with me, she got the keys to her brand new home 2,000 miles away and started a whole new life. Now, they did have a good boost to help them out. And everyone's situation is different. But, you know, it did really make me laugh when she said that her down payment was in San Francisco. Was it the cost of her whole house or their profit in Indiana? I can't remember, but it was crazy. But, you know, pricing isn't the only thing that was different for her four years later. The podcast gave her the reality check on how to look at home prices and home shopping. Tell you guys this all the time. There is no blanket statement. There's no one way on how to do things because something you do in March or April of 2022 is totally different than you did it in 2021 and a hell of a lot different than you did it in 1981 from your grandma who's given you advice on how to buy a house. Now, what did she say? She said four years ago when they looked at homes, they'd go in a home and they'd be like, "Ooh, okay, cool. This is nice. Thank you, Mr. Realtor. We're going to go take a little time and think about this. And then they go home and they take, what did she say, a couple weeks to think about it? Try that in 2022. You don't have a couple weeks, you have a couple of hours. And that, my how to buy a homies, that's why I keep dropping episodes because there's no blanket statement, no top five best ways for you to buy a home. This stuff changes all the time. And I'm helping you out, summarizing all this stuff so you don't have to. She used to wait weeks, she listened to the podcast and she figured out, oops, I better get going quick on these. And then she realized you can't look at list prices all the time anymore. You need to look at the sold prices. And then in 2022, you've got to look at the list price and be prepared to offer over that. The podcast 2021 updates that she was listening to, that changed everything about the way she looked at how she was going to do this process. Okay, haters, doubters, sky is falling, people. And everybody was telling her, That when she was moving to San Francisco, oh my gosh, you got to rent first. Don't buy. That's a terrible investment. Really? So you hate her, you doubt her. Do you know where some of the most expensive rent in the world is? Yeah, San Francisco. It's easy to be negative and say things like that. So once again, let me explain to all the negative people and the naysayers and the doomsday predictors. Guess what? Actually, I do agree with you. Yes, housing is getting pretty expensive right now. And it is going to correct someday. And yes, the stock market even is going up. And it's been going up way too long. And we've got a recession that we're due for. So yes, that's coming too. Now, don't get all excited, haters and doubters. It sounds like I'm agreeing with you, doomsdayers. But actually, I'm just agreeing with the history of the market. Yeah, there are market fluctuations that historically happen. And it's just data that I'm agreeing with. And those fluctuations, they're coming. The question is the big math. Yeah, now that's a term I'm going to start using now, big math. It's like big oil or big pharma. The big math that everyone seems to forget in the doomsday principle of owning a house is that you will pay for shelter every month. 
you will pay rent. You have to account for the potential money paid out every month versus the potential appreciation of the home. And of course, then you have to have a crystal ball to predict when it's going to crash and how far down it's going to go. Well, it's a good thing Apoorva didn't listen to those people. She could have, and they'd be renting in 2022 for four grand a month in San Francisco, while the price of the home that they could have bought is probably going up like $100,000 this year. So please don't ask me to extrapolate the math of how exactly it would work for her if she would have rented versus bought. Just go back and listen to the bubble episodes. I explained it all to you right there. She listened to those, and she ignored those IRL trolls that were feeding her that garbage. Okay, be honest. When I said IRL trolls, did I sound like an old man or did I sound hip? Don't answer. I don't want to know. Okay, don't give up. In October 2021, on her first offer, when she got smashed, she said it seemed too daunting. There were 13 other offers and she was never going to be able to do this. Well, I have 2022 clients that would die right now if there were only 13 offers on the home that they were trying to get. I mean, that would feel like The Rock only having to fight against like three regular bad guys. Some seriously good odds. So she didn't get discouraged, even though it was daunting. She kept with it. And six weeks later, she closed on a house. Now, some of the things that she talked about to explain what helped her tips to win in bidding wars. I'm making up a new word for this one. It's called re-strategization. I cannot say it. So let's try it again. Re-strategization. That's right. I made it up. So... What that means for all you how to buy homies with my made up word, it's avoiding the cookie cutter homes and trying to look for things that might be a little bit more funky. That's right. Go ahead. You're a freak. Accept it. Go ahead. Let your freak flag fly. Quick, name that musical. It's Shrek. Oh, and that's today's magic word for our non-real estate stats and opinions. Here's a fact that you can debate with me and I think I will win. Brian Darcy James' portrayal of the title character in the Broadway show Shrek the Musical is probably the most underrated actor portrayal in musical theater history. Look, don't ever say I'm not controversial. I said it. I believe it. The big green guy, probably some of the best acting I've ever seen. Okay, back to real estate and the re-strategization and the made-up word that I sound like I'm drunk when I say it. This is letting your freak flag fly because it's going to help you limit your competition. You're all unique, like Mr. Rogers and Dora the Explorer and Steve from Blue's Clues or Joe. I don't know how old you are. Like they always tell you, you're special, right? So you can use that as an advantage for when you're shopping for a home. Aporva found that there was less competition for homes that she and her partner liked. The ones that were a little bit less cookie cutter, but they still had a lawn, which apparently he hates cutting, but too bad. Dude, it's better than snow, bro. All right. Look, I can attest to this. In the last couple of weeks, I've had clients that are really fortunate. Grandma gave them $500,000 to put down on a million dollar house in Southern California. Now we're out there with a huge down payment and we were getting crushed in multiple offer situations. I'm talking six, seven offers. Remember, I'm the guy that wrote the book on this crap and I'm getting killed. Well, then they found a home that backs to what we in Orange County, California, called the woods. You guys in other parts of the country might really laugh at what we call the woods. It's like, I don't know, an eighth of an acre with like a dozen birch trees. But we call it the woods. The name of the city is Lake Forest. Ooh. <laughs> the home looks like a regular house up front on a regular street, but then the land slopes down from the middle to the back into the woods. And your backyard is a deck on stilts. It's like three stories up. Well, guess what? It's a little different, but they loved it. So we put an offer in much less competition, just like a Porva. So what's one of the tricks you can learn from this interview? 
2022 is going to be tough out there and you might have to use the C word. No, not that one. You filthy, filthy person compromise. But sometimes when you compromise, you can find something that's really unique and works for you. And there's less competition. Cause after all, remember what, you know, Joe and Steve from blues clues say we're all special. Now her second re-strategization practice, boy, I really can't say that word. No wonder it's not a real word. It is to listen to her unicorn. Now that one, thank you. Praise, praise on that one. Woohoo. Amen. I'm standing in the back of the church. But one of the things she talked about was listening to her unicorn and figuring out how to use the terms. The terms are really important. It's not just about the price. The terms and the guidance from her unicorn showed her how to craft those terms to make her offer stand out. And she got a home in this crazy competitive 2022 market. So let Aporva's story be an uplifting tale for you. And hopefully you got some good pointers today. Here's some of the great ones I thought about. Number one, she felt this market was too daunting after getting crushed by 13 offers, but she persevered. Persevere, guys. It's going to be worth it as long as you believe in the math. Number two, she got crushed by a cash offer and she thought that home was hers. But instead of freaking out about it, she used that to re-strategize and got her re-strategization and then she persevered. Oh, see, I finally said re-strategization, right? And then I said persevered. Number three for Apoorva, and probably the most important lesson from her, she got her third offer accepted. And yes, three offers is far less than the average amount of offers being accepted in the 2022 market. And a large reason for getting that offer accepted, her local unicorn representative presented not only a professional offer, but she presented it to someone that she'd already worked with. And that great reputation from her unicorn representative made the seller's agent tell the sellers, look, I know this person, this one's going to close. So even though we've got two offers that are both the same, I am positive this person's going to close because I've worked with them before. It's true. When I represent sellers, I always tell them, yes, the price and terms matters, but who presents it and how they present it oftentimes can matter just as much because what's worse, taking an offer that's $5,000 right now and then it falling out in a couple weeks and have the home back on the market and people wondering what's wrong with it or taking an offer that feels like a little bit of a hit today for $5,000 less, but you know what's going to close. How it's presented and who presents it, that tells a lot to the seller about you. It tells a lot about if the deal can actually close with the least amount of drama and stress. So ride into a multiple offer situation on a unicorn stallion and you'll be seen way above the other offers. You know, the ones that are being driven in there or ridden in there by a donkey or a brand new baby foal. That's a baby horse. It's correct. I had to Google it. I have no idea. Another Fantastic success story from the How to Buy a Home. Taking what is terrifying and impossible and moving from Indiana to San Francisco and buying a home and making it happen, even though it felt daunting in this 2022 uber competitive bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S market. So there you go, guys. A real story from a real live listener. Be inspired, be confident, and be prepared. Get yourself a guide. If you're looking for a local unicorn, I'm happy to introduce you to Unicorn Nation. As of February 2022, over 240, 243 unicorns out there helping listeners, hundreds of them working their plan right now. Just go to howtobuyahome.com and drop me a line. And you can join them or you can help 
get all the free goodness that you want if you want to go out and look for your own unicorn. It's right here on the podcast. And please, please, if if the podcast has helped you out, if this free information is helping you in any way, if you're enjoying this content, text it to your friends. It would really help me out. And if you're a longtime listener and you really dig it, drop me a review on Spotify. Early in 2022, that's a new thing. I would love it. It would mean a lot to me. We can help a lot more people. Check out more free content on Instagram at David Sedoni or on YouTube. YouTube page is going to be ramping up. Now, if you're listening to this in four years, we're probably going to be the top thing on YouTube. But if you're listening to this in 2022, you could be one of my, what, 300 or something subscribers? Way to go. Woohoo. But there is a lot of great content on there. It's just I didn't market YouTube. And the How to Buy a Home podcast page is also there on Facebook. A Porfer reached out to me with no clue how to pull this off. She found me out there somewhere. And guess what I told her? You can do this.